You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Now, I, I hate to be Debbie Downer with this, but I felt this way a month ago with the NBA, with Major League Baseball. We're not starting anytime soon. If we get anything up and running by June, maybe mid-June, maybe early July, I'll feel like that's a little bit of a victory here and a victory over the, the virus here that allows us to feel a little bit more confident. I cannot have college football players go out on a football field and play while I'm saying to all the students, you can't come back to the university. I, it, it, you, you can't say it's safe for the football players or safer for them and not for the students. I, I, you know, I, this is a physical sport. You, you can't do this. A classroom is not physical. Football game is. I can't put those kids out there in harm's way. I know the coach probably says this is our mentality and we fight through things like this. And the players are 18 through 22 and they go, yeah, we can do it. No. And the problem with college football is there is no singular voice there. All the other sports, we go to one voice. With college football, we don't have that voice. But uh, you know, Chris had some interesting things to say. Getting uh, some reaction to what he had to say about Tua, he said, when you're in person watching Tua throw, there's nobody who throws a football like him. It's a beautiful sight. He throws a beautiful ball. And then I asked him, what was the first reaction he had when he met Joe Burrow? And he goes, <laughs> extreme <laughs> confidence. And it's a compliment because Johnny Manziel had it. He just didn't have the work ethic and the behavior. You know, Joe Burrow, as Chris Fowler said, he's an old soul. He's like a 40-year-old soul in a 23-year-old body. He's really confident and he's very bright. And, you know, you have this speculation of, well, what's going to happen with the Bengals? I think the Bengals, after talking to Zach Taylor yesterday, they know who they're taking. And it makes the most sense to take Joe Burrow. If the Dolphins would blow them away with four first-round draft picks, if I'm the Bengals, I would do it. But I have to have confidence in my scouting department that we will use those picks wisely. And if we still want to get our quarterback, I would be fine with those draft picks and Andy Dalton is my quarterback for another year. I would. If you think Joe Burrow is, you know, he's Andrew Luck, he's John Elway, he's Joe Montana, he's going to be Tom Brady, then you ignore everything. If you don't think that uh, Justin Herbert and Tua are in the same category or Tua isn't in the category because of the hip, then okay. I would be taking Joe Burrow if I'm the Bengals. That, you know, every team wants to have that quarterback. Find your quarterback. You find your quarterback and then you build out. It's really hard to build out and then come back in and go, uh, but yeah, who's our quarterback? Because if you don't have a quarterback, you're not winning a championship. You just, you can compete, but you would be an aberration. Like what happened with the Titans last year was based on a great running back and you had a really good head coach, a, a well-coached team, and they followed a game plan. It wasn't because of Ryan Tannehill. Kansas City had Patrick Mahomes. You got to find that quarterback. And you find the quarterback, you, you'll find Nirvana. And if the Bengals, if, if you know, it's going to be a couple of years here. But take Joe Burrow, you've got your quarterback, now you build around him. So here's my crazy idea. Crazy idea about the Miami Dolphins. You got the fifth pick overall. Remember, all last year, you're tanking for two. Tanking for two. You know, you traded away Minka Fitzpatrick. Laramie Tunsil. Trade him away. Got all these draft picks. 
So you got three first-round draft picks here. I know this sounds crazy, and I preface it by saying it's crazy. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, I, I don't do anything crazy here. I wouldn't take a quarterback this year. How about I trade down from that fifth pick? Now I get another first-round pick. Maybe I get another first-round pick the following year. Maybe I'm now in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And I've got draft picks, and I, I still have a decent infrastructure there. From what they did last year, they played hard. They beat the Patriots in New England, final regular season game. Brian Flores, by all accounts, appears to be a you know emerging a coach, you know, maybe a star coach, but I'm not sure about Tua. That's it. I'm not sure. Now, five years from now, you may say, oh, God, you guys passed on Tua. Okay. But you're not, if you're, if you're not sure about Tua, then don't take Tua or don't take Justin Herbert because you're not sure about Tua. Use your draft picks and build. Imagine if you got, let, let's say you wanted C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs, and a lineman, or one of the you know good cornerbacks there. The impact they're going to have is probably going to be profound. And then all in their own rookie deals. Then I get my quarterback to come in. Now I got a chance to do. Well, now I got a chance to do something really special. And the Patriots, not in a free fall, but in a little bit of a reload, maybe not rebuild. You know, Buffalo's still good. The Jets are still the Jets. But if you're not sold on Tua, then don't take a quarterback. And maybe somebody wants to go up and get that quarterback. Yes, McLovin. I love everything you're saying. Oh, I you do? I'm so on board. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, okay. You just, well, just you convinced me. I, I would have never thought that until now. But you're not really saying tanking for Trevor necessarily. You're, because they could be pretty good the way you describe Yeah, they could be. But I, I, if, if I'm not sure on Tua, then I don't want to get involved in this well, we got to take a quarterback. I would stay with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I would ride that out. It's like if you said to the Bengals, hey, you can get four first-round picks for Joe Burrow, and I'm not sold on Tua or Justin Herbert, I'd go, all right, here's your four picks. I'll take Andy Dalton, who's still under contract for another year. I, I, but I have to have confidence in the people doing the drafting. That's it. And if I have confidence in that, then I'm okay with this. But if you're if you're sold on Joe Burrow, then take Joe Burrow. If you're sold on Tua, take Tua. But as Chris Fowler said, and he watched these games, uh, you know, he was calling these games, and he said, and I said, if if Tua is healthy, and he goes, yeah, that's tough. That's really a tough decision. So it's that close. But I don't. I'm not sure about Tua, and therefore I would not take Tua because I'm just not sure. And I haven't seen the medicals. All I can go by is a source saying. You know, I want to see what he does on a, a big board there, diagramming plays. How is he in the interview process? And I must see the medicals. Well, if I can't have him in person, it's a big risk to do that. Whereas I think that I could build my team in a better way. And that that's just me taking a, a wild stab at what, you know, the scenarios could be. Because now you're hearing, well, the Dolphins want Justin Herbert. It's a smokescreen. You know, you know they, they, they'll take Tua. They want to give the impression that the Chargers have to make a move up. And, okay, all of this stuff. Imagine if the Chargers move up to three. Like, I'm already on record. If I'm the Lions and I'm sold on Tua, I would take Tua this year. 
Because then I have him one year under Matthew Stafford, and then I trade Matt Stafford to a team that will want a veteran quarterback the following year, and maybe he's the final piece to the puzzle. I mean, imagine if you had Matthew Stafford in Tennessee. You put him with that team. That's a different team. Now it's formidable there. But, you know, I just look at all the different possibilities that you could have here. It may go, you know, according to form here. And okay, that's fine. But if if you're thinking out of the box with this in your Cincinnati, what do you do? What are the what are the at what point do you go? Because everybody has a price. At what point do you go? We can't pass that up. Uh, I don't think Miami should be spending four first round draft picks to go get Joe Burrow. Because I got to build a team as well. Find your quarterback. Absolutely. But what kind of team do I have when he gets there as well? And that's where don't be spending more. You know, the Bears did this. Teams do this all the time. They move up. They spend a lot of their draft capital to move up, and then they can't build around that quarterback. So you got to be smart. And that would be just, you know, a suggestion I would have for the Miami Dolphins. What if you don't take a quarterback, but you can trade down and get a couple of first-round draft picks? (laughs) That would be fun. All right, some phone calls here. By the way, you can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Uh, the big German during the uh, last live look-in was playing Fritzy at Caroline's. And we've had some people. Uh, please stop playing that. Please, it's too painful. And uh, here's one from Paul in Michigan. Uh, give us a warning the next time. Uh, today I had some time in the morning and decided to watch live, but... Uh, I couldn't fast forward through Fritzy's stand-up routine during the break. What year was that, Todd? Uh, was that like two years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Are you bothered by it at all? Um, actually not. I did, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I know it wasn't my uh, greatest performance ever, and not uh, far from it, but getting the opportunity which you provided for me to perform you know, like in L.A. and New York and Atlanta and Minneapolis, just going up there, bomb or not, to have the confidence to go up there and perform where – some of the greatest legends have been on that stage. That was enough for me. It would have been an added nice bonus if I would have got some laughs. That's uh, obviously the uh, Well, goal. you know what? You know what? I, I was just watching again. And you hear me laugh and you hear Seton laugh. You did try to help. Yes, I did. And, and you didn't even get a courtesy laugh. And normally you get a courtesy laugh in those comedy places. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. You could also hear the air air conditioning kick in. (laughs) It was a hot night in the city, and you hear the AC go. (laughs) A little buzzing sound that kind of threw me off. Okay, if you were ranking, where where does – you were on the stage at Carolyn's. You did four stand-ups. Four stand-up specials. (laughs) Like Chappelle. Yeah. So is that – Carolyn's is fourth? Caroline's would be fourth. I'd say maybe L.A. third, Atlanta two, Minnesota, where I did my first one, where you think that might be the worst. Um, I was up there for just riffing for about 17 minutes, and I thought that went to. Does anybody well want to hear section row seat? Paulie does, Seaton does. Maybe we have judged uh, too quickly. We should revisit. Like a bottle of wine that you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Oh, gosh. I, I walked into the control room with the big German, and Dylan were back there, and I go, oh, no. And they go, we've never heard this. I go, I'll wait and come back. There wasn't any laughter. Oh. Here is section row seat Fritzy at Caroline's. So I'm at a sporting event the other night. 
and at least three different people come over to me asking if I'm sitting in their seats. So I don't know if it's uh, if you guys ever deal with this, if you go to a concert, a sporting event, how difficult is to find seats at a concert or a sporting event. Think about it. It's got all the information you need right there on the ticket. Section, row, seat number. Section, row, seat number. It's really, really not that complicated. I got these people coming over to me and saying, I think we're in the same seat. Not only are they not in my seats, they're all the way on the other side of the arena. They couldn't have been further from where I'm at. So I don't understand. Section, row, seat. Let's, uh, let's get it together. Just uh, Some people I just can't do. No, that's good. That's good. That's enough. That's good enough. I got to get my comedy act together. Why? <laughs> just playing off of what I said there. When I, when I said, you well, know, you don't on, even address the together. crowd. You just get up and you go, so I'm in a sporting event. And, and then you go into it. And then I could tell you went blue early. You're 10 yeah, seconds I, in. You went blue. I'm not established enough to go up there and just start doing my thing without no. saying hi to the crowd. Yes. And then all of a sudden I realized that your punchline, there was no laughter. And I gave you a a courtesy laugh. Like I tried to laugh a little bit louder. Like <laughs> then I slipped into a little bit of a dice. Play. What's wrong with these people? Yeah, why, no. why do they think I'm sitting in their seat? Seaton, you were hiding your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate to to see our buddy up there uh, just dying a slow, painful death. But it's very jarring when there's no sound, you know, when you're supposed to have some kind of giggle or laughter or something, when it's dead silent, like you're in a library and you're performing what's supposed to be some kind of comedy routine. I, it's I, uh, enough to make you want to leave. You know what you should do stuff. is you should say that you were quarantined and that's why there was no laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yes, Paul. Remember we had the great comedian David Spade listen to it and judge it and I think Fritzy's setup is great. I think he's got a great concept for a bit there, you know, because everyone has it in common. You go to a sporting event, someone taps on the shoulder, you're in my seat. But then it was never followed up by any uh, jokes and, and observations that made it funnier. That I don't and it never went. Because the trick is observational humor. If you don't have the latter, yeah. just making random observations. Yeah, you didn't have observation. You just didn't have humor. Yes, McLovin. <laughs> I actually completely disagree with Fritzy. I find finding your section row and seat to be one of the most difficult, baffling things in the world, especially <laughs> older stadiums. I wander around, like, walk out of the Coliseum and tell me it's easy to find section row and seat. Uh, I don't think it's easy at all. Just saying. Okay. Wait, you don't like the, the setup for the joke? No, I just disagree with it. It's easy. Like, you go out of the Barclays Center, I still like, once you get past the thing, you don't know if you're going to have to go left or right. Yeah, but you didn't I, laugh when, we, when he was delivering. Right, because I totally disagree with him. He's saying it's super easy to find your section row seat because there was no. Well, I didn't laugh because there was no joke because he never got to the. Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's against the whole concept of what I was trying. Oh, to okay. Find a joke with. All right, okay. By the way, uh, I mentioned the big news yesterday that we have started the process. RC, the great street artist who did all the uh, artwork here in the man cave, he is putting. Tom Brady in the creamsicle uniform, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers creamsicle uniform, and uh, looks looks great. It's sort of half and half. He's got the creamsicle and then the Patriot helmet. Uh, it's a two-day process, and uh, he's joining us here in the man cave for that uh, to complete that. So, looks beautiful. Looks gorgeous there. All right, we got a poll question, McLovin. Are we staying with Christian McCaffrey and his contract? Okay, uh, 70% like the contract extension. I've asked this question before as a possible poll question. Would you rather have the best running back in the league or the 10th best wide receiver? Sort of gauging which which is more valuable. Well, give me the 10th best receiver. Um, let's say it's Mike Evans, or maybe he's too good. Um, yeah, let's say Mike Evans of the Bucks. 
I can have Christian McCaffrey or Mike Evans. Yeah. Well, I need to know what kind of team I have. I, I don't think you can do just take extract somebody out and say that that's the running back because if yeah, I think that's hard to do, McLovin, because who is my quarterback? If Jameis Winston's my quarterback with Mike Evans, then I might go with Christian McCaffrey. But then who is my supporting cast with Christian McCaffrey? There are some interesting questions on Twitter. How come McCaffrey wasn't a slot receiver? Because he's such an amazing receiver. He probably would have gotten paid more off the bat. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Why not play him there and put somebody else at running back? Because he's so hard to cover out of the backfield. Well, I think he's too good at being a running back. And like you can't just put him out there and have, what, Curtis Samuel as your, your running back. Yeah, yeah, Paul. McLovin's saying like the 15th best best wide receiver or the best running back. Okay, would you rather have Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers, McLovin, or Saquon Barkley on your team? Devontae so, Adams. Same price? By, oh, my God. Devontae Adams, is he the 15th best? I feel like he's In a receptions, he was 15th. Right, yeah. I'd take Devontae Adams every day. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because it feels like Saquon Barkley can still do something. Devontae Adam, is, he, he needs help to do what he does. A wide receiver needs help to do what he does. Whereas it feels like McCaffrey, you know, some of these guys can do what, some of these running backs can do things on their own. I think what happened is we look at Todd Gurley and we go, we're never paying a running back like that. Or Leonard Fournette. Fournette's up for his deal, isn't he? Did, did they, did they yeah. franchise him? I don't think they have yet. I think he's he's yet to be paid. I got to check. Uh, Jeremy in Texas. Hey, Jeremy. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How's it going? Always love listening to y'all. Hey, question on Christian McCaffrey's deals. Why doesn't the NFL do what the NBA does and have max contracts per position? You know, if position players need max contracts plus incentives. That way you avoid the whole, oh, does he deserve this or deserve that? You know, if it's a profit-sharing thing that the owners have to give out to everybody, you know, I get that. Then we shouldn't even be arguing about how much a player is getting paid, especially if they're a franchise player like Christian McCaffrey. Well, we've uh, given the suggestion, and the owners actually discussed it, this uh, contract, uh, you know, the uh, contract talks that they had, and that is you have a special salary, a slotted salary for quarterbacks that you can pay them what you want, uh, and then you had everybody else. But look, Christian McCaffrey is getting paid uh, commensurate to what he does at that position. Tyron Matthew makes the same amount of money as Christian McCaffrey does. The value that Christian has to his franchise far exceeds Tyron Matthew. But the position you're playing, and that's where running backs are the lowest paid position. But they used to be the most valued position. They were far more valuable than the quarterbacks were at one point. But I, I, I get why they did it. Um, I, I wouldn't have given him a – they don't have guaranteed contracts in the NFL like they do in the NBA. I mean, they have them, but not – the NBA, you're locked into somebody and you've got to pay him $150 million. But with Christian McCaffrey, I get why you're paying him because there's nobody else to show up and watch with that team this year. No one. And he has proven that he is, if not the best, he's certainly in the top three running backs in the NFL. Yeah, Paul. Something that McLovin mentioned earlier is that David Tepper is supposedly a genius businessman, but the obvious to everyone is that the running back position, you would not do this financially. It doesn't make sense that a billionaire genius 
financial guy would look at the running back position and overpay for that position. But maybe this isn't about analytics. Right. This is about understanding the personality of your team and the fan base because you don't want to be going in there and going, hey, I'm the new owner here. Got a new coach. Uh, Cam's gone. Luke keekley has gone. Greg Olson's gone. And we're not going to pay Christian McCaffrey. That's not going to go over well. But you can't trade McCaffrey and get anywhere near the value. Like Leonard Fournette, I, w- I would just have him play out this contract and that's it. He's his third year in because that was the same draft with McCaffrey. There's no way I want Leonard Fournette after five years. Yeah, McLevin. I was thinking about something you said earlier. Who else are the Panthers going to pay? Like, they got to get to a floor of the salary. Like, I don't even know if they they have to give the money to somebody. Why not McCaffrey, right? Because there's nothing else there to pay. Is there? No. Well, you got Teddy Bridgewater, but I think they got yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. You know, that that seems to be a workable salary there. But you're right, you know, with Cam off the books. I don't know, did they take a hit salary cap-wise with Cam's uh, contract? Uh, yes. I don't know if Keekley retiring, I don't know if they take a hit on that. So they might have some dead money there. But if I'm Carolina, you know, maybe you're in the position that you're going to be bad and you get Trevor Lawrence next year. I mean, that my approach would be that way if I'm Carolina. I guess you want to entertain the fans this year with Christian McCaffrey if, if by chance you get Trevor Lawrence and you still have Christian McCaffrey and three years left on his deal to go with Trevor Lawrence, okay, you know, that, that's workable. And maybe that's what the, you know, the game plan here. All right, we'll take a break. Phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You can get them while they're hot. The uh, Tampa Bay t-shirts, go to danpatrick.com. The uh, pre-lawsuit, pre-cease and desist, Sale that's going on now at danpatrick.com. Uh, All right, take a break. 23 after the hour, your phone calls coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Let's let's take the the player himself out of this and just put in the position itself, running back. It's like Le'Veon Bell wanted all that money from the Steelers, and they wisely said no. And they put in James Conner, and that was good enough for them. And the Jets went, you don't talk about Le'Veon Bell anymore. You just have a certain window here. Like Zeke Elliott, I wouldn't have paid him that second contract. How many how many running backs work out second contract? I, I don't want to pay you, I, I'm, you know, for what you did. I got to pay you for what I think you'll be for our team. And maybe, you know, Carolina, that owner couldn't get rid of Chris, Christian McCaffrey, even though everybody else, the marquee guys are gone. I get that. But that kind of money, it's not the end of the world type money. But at that position, I just get a little nervous. Ross Tucker joining us on the program. Ross Tucker podcast. And uh, let me see. What else do you have here? Countdown to the draft. Uh, that's uh, You Better You Bets. Countdown to the draft available on radio.com app. And Ross joins us on the program. Hopefully, I got that introduction correct. But um, you like this McCaffrey deal? So the introduction was great, Dan. Thank you. Great to talk with you. Um, I like it for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> okay. um, as, as for the Panthers, listen, Dan, he had unbelievable leverage here. I mean, unbelievable leverage. First of all, okay, 
They just lost Luke Keekley to retirement. They cut Cam Newton, and they moved on from Greg Olson. He's not just the face of the franchise, Dan. He's the only face on the team that the fans even recognize right now. So you've got your best player, and he is absolutely that, the face of the franchise with a new head coach. And the number one thing that Matt Rule does not want in August when hopefully we have training camps and he's in front of his football team for the first time, the last thing he wants is for his best player and face the franchise to not be sitting in that room. And every day he's being asked by the media Mm. about the Christian McCaffrey holdout. And here's the thing. He was going to hold out, Dan. I mean, look, this is the first kid that ever skipped the bowl game, the Sun Bowl, you know, three years ago. His dad played in the NFL. They know what the deal is. They know he's eligible for a contract now, and they know his unprecedented usage the last two years. He wasn't playing until he got this, and the Panthers knew it. Yeah, but why don't I wait for one more year? Because I don't have to give it to him now. It's a four-year and then that fifth-year option, right? Yeah, well, by that argument, if you're talking straight business of football, right, you could argue have him play this year out, then have him on the fifth-year option in 2021, then franchise him in 2022. And if we're just talking about maximizing the business from the salary cap portion of it, then I get that. But the reality is he wasn't going to show up, Dan. And, and they know that. And they know that he knows the business. And they got the coronavirus going on. They're trying to have people renew their season tickets yeah. for a lot of different reasons. He sells over half the jerseys down there. They just decide, And by the way, we don't know what the structure of it is. It's four more years at the end of this deal, by the way. They didn't rip up his final two years. It goes through 2025. So they still have him. For the next two years on that other deal, they just gave him some bonus money now. And let's see what the structure is. But they know that he wasn't going to show up, and neither the owner nor the head coach wanted to deal with that. Uh, so it's a it's a six-year deal, and it's, it's he'll be 29, I think, when, when this is done, which as much as they – see, when you're running back and you're good, then they give you more touches, which puts you in harm way, harm's way because you're so good. If you're a great defensive back, nobody throws it your way. But a running back, I got to load you up and give him 400 touches. At some point, can I just move him in and, you know, he becomes a slot receiver instead of a run? Like I, at some point, I have to try to get my money out of this, and that's what I think Carolina is going to face here at some point. Yeah, and, you know, I, I did a lot of work on this, Dan, because I wrote about this three weeks ago for The Athletic. I wrote a, an open letter to Christian McCaffrey saying you have to hold out. Maybe they both read it. I don't know. But here's what's crazy. He played 93% of the snaps last year for Carolina. There's only three running backs that played more than 75% of the snaps. Yeah. Saquon, Zeke, uh, and Leonard Fournette. Too and many. then you look at, like, Leonard Fournette was second with 88% of the snaps. But he played 138 fewer plays than McCaffrey. That's like three games. In fact, only Fournette and Zeke 
had more than 805 snaps, whereas McCaffrey had over 1050, which means he was on the field for over 250 more plays than everybody but Zeke and Fournette. Dan, that for most running backs, that's like six or seven games. The guy played essentially an extra half season from every other guy at his position. They ran him into the ground Mm -hmm. last year. It's not just how many touches he had. It's just how many plays he's out there. Because even if you're not getting a carry, right, you still have to take on a blocker. I mean, you're still out there hitting somebody, doing something. And his usage is off the charts. I've never seen anything like it, which is another reason why he was not going to play this year, especially with them having to use him again this way unless he got this money. We're talking to Ross Tucker, former NFL lineman. So if McCaffrey wasn't going to show up, does that mean Mahomes or Watson or Dak aren't showing up either? I think they should strongly consider it, especially Deshaun Watson, when you look at the disaster of a GM he has down there in Houston and what's going on with the Texans. You are eligible for a new contract after your third year. And these teams can all decide whether or not they want to try to string it out and play hardball like the Cowboys are. But then the players themselves on the other side can decide how they're going to handle it. It just came out that Dak's not going to show up because he's not a signed player for the virtual offseason. So now you're going to have all these meetings and starting quarterback's not a part of any of these meetings. Now, it almost benefits the Cowboys that it's virtual because if they were really having these meetings with a new head coach, Mike McCarthy, who's going to have some tweaks to Kellen Moore's offense, and you're starting quarterbacks there, it's almost like, what's the point? Mm. But, I mean, what's the point of even having the meetings if the guy who by far is the most important person to be in the meetings isn't there? So both sides have leverage that they can use. I think both Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. My suspicion, Dan, is that both Watson and Mahomes are waiting for the other one. Yes. To sign well, for $40 million for, dollars first. They're waiting for Dak, and then, it's, and then it'll be Watson and Mahomes to see who gets to 41st. I agree. I think that's what's going on there. Whereas McCaffrey realizes he cannot go out there. What's really interesting too, Dan, about the running back position, there's a bunch of other guys in McCaffrey's draft class, right? So Aaron Jones from the Packers, Alvin Kamara, Saints, uh, Dalvin Dalvin Cook, Cook. Vikings, all very good players, similar to McCaffrey, probably not quite as good as McCaffrey, but very similar. But they're not nearly in the same situation because none of those guys have the same usage. None of those guys are the faces of their franchise. They don't have a new head coach. So it's going to be really interesting because all of those guys, their agents are going to argue that they should get $16 million a year as well. And those teams are going to laugh. I mean, like the Saints, Vikings, and Packers, they're not giving those guys close to what McCaffrey just got from the Panthers because the situations are so unique. All right, I'll leave you with this. I just I started the top of this hour and I said, look, this is this sounds crazy. Maybe it is crazy. But if I'm the Miami Dolphins and I'm not completely sold on Tua and I can't trade up to get Joe Burrow, why don't I just go into this season 
with Ryan Fitzpatrick, use those draft picks, maybe trade back for somebody who wants to move up, and then I sort of re reassess where we are as a team and are we in the sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence next year. But if I have three first-round draft picks right now, if I can get another one and have four in the first round, I got wide receivers galore, I got offensive linemen galore, I got a couple of great defensive backs that maybe – I can get two. I can get four starters out of this draft, and I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. If I'm not sold on Tua, what do you think of that philosophy? Well, I agree with you that I don't think that they should take either Tua or Justin Herbert if they're not sold on them. I don't know that anybody would want to trade up to five at that point because I think the Chargers will just take either Herbert or Tua after that. So I don't know if they'd be able to okay. trade down and get extra picks, maybe. Okay. But I think your point remains, which is don't force it. The irony of this whole thing, Dan, is that everyone you talk to in Miami, the plan was basically – to be the worst team in the NFL this year so they could get Tua. But two things happened. Number one, Tua got hurt and Joe Burrow was unbelievable. And number two, for some unknown reason, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's like the anti-tanker. You don't get Fitzpatrick <laughs> if you're trying to lose. Okay? So, but, but what's crazy about it is because of Tua hurting his hip and because of Fitzpatrick winning five games or whatever – they still might be able to get the guy that everybody thought they were going to get before the year started at number one. They still might be able to get him at number five. I just, it's a shame. I wish it wasn't this way, Dan. But in two years of college football, the guy broke his hand, had two ankle surgeries that Alabama invented that I'd never heard of before, had a hip surgery. (laughs) Like, I would love to talk to, like, an insurance actuary dude. What are the odds that he's going to to stay healthy in the uh, NFL. I know. They're not good. I know. Those guys who are injured in college, uh, you know, they get injured in the pros. It follows them in there. It just does. There's a track record with them. Hey, it's great to talk to you as always. We appreciate your time and uh, great stuff. We, uh, we'll we talk soon. Absolutely. See you guys. That's uh, Ross Tucker. <laughs> he, he just, I know he went to Princeton, but he, he doesn't sound like he went to Princeton because he'll give you that, yeah, nice. All right. He but, screams Big Ten. Oh, but he's so he's very bright. And I, I love, you know, his tweets, but he does give you that, yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll be on the show. That's Dan. exactly like the thing I was thinking about before. <laughs> Take a break. Phone calls are coming up. The busy final hour. John Ham. Hamsome. And uh, Russell Wilson Jr. the third. Have you guys seen Russell dancing with Sierra in the hallway of their house? Yep, it's pretty good. She and she's prego. She's spectacular dancing. I mean, really spectacular. It's it's really well done. And I love Russell. You know, like quarterbacks are a game manager. Russ is a dancing video manager. Like he's not really <laughs> dancing, but he's he's sort of like Greg McElroy at Alabama. It's just there. The Trent Dilfer with the Ravens. Not doing anything wrong, not getting involved in anything, but just sort of there as a, a dance manager. And he does a great job as a dance manager with uh, Sierra. You don't want to get in the way of that. Take a break. Back after this. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Got one from the FBI and I got, you know, so many from around the country. And uh, feel free if you have patches from fire departments or EMS or I'd love to be able to fly your colors here. I, I also got an envelope from a guy named Sean Stiffy and Sean Stiffy sent me in, sent me in the man meat brackets for 2020. So it's basically all of the good looking guys in Hollywood. And he had a bracket breakdown. And uh, so Sean Stiffy sent that in and uh, the first annual Stiffy Awards. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was your winner in 2020. <laughs> I don't know where Sean went to college, but you know. His- oh. Stiffy. Hey, Stiffmeister. Stiffinator. What are you walking in with? Hey. Hey, are you walking in with Stiffy? Oh it's too easy. It's like T-ball. So happy to see everybody. Yes. Uh, people said that uh, I'd rather watch Fritzy doing a live stream concert is Bruce Springsteen than the stand-up act. Springsteen did a uh, live stream concert from his home. Maybe, how about a live stream stand-up act, Todd? Ooh. Put it on YouTube. We could put it on the channel. Something to consider. Are you interested in that? I'd have to actually get some material together. <laughs> oh, now you're going to get material. <laughs> now, yeah. all these years, you're yeah, going to get some. Yeah, why bother now? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have a blank notepad from all these years with all the new material? Great. Yeah, yeah that'll be good. All right, a uh, couple, of <laughs> <laughs> couple of phone calls here. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me? What up, though, Dan? You know, Chad Rowe will be on that, man. We would love to see Fritzy stand up. Oh. Uh, listen, I need your help with the best and worst of the weekend. Now, I look at you. You give me good advice on certain things. My best of the weekend was uh, Good Friday came. I have a best friend of 47 years. I took some DVDs and some pizzas over there. Worst of the weekend, I get a call at about maybe about 4 o'clock in the morning, and his wife, Asked me where did her husband get this? This ain't Good Times DVD with all of these X's on it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm, <laughs> I have no clue. So then he's in the background. You know, I don't look at stuff like that. This, that, and the other. I don't know where he would get that from. And calls me back Sunday morning talking about my bad man. She snuck up on me. <laughs> now, do I throw him under the bus or do I just let it ride? And take the punches. I take you take the punches. Okay, I done already took a couple of lumps for that one, man. My goodness, he just <laughs> threw me straight under the bus. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Always great to hear from Jeff. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, the WWE is deemed essential business in Florida, and they're going to resume live shows. This, um, according to the mayor in Orange County, Jerry Demings. Uh, the company is going to resume live television shows from Orlando. That's at Full Sail University, where I have my broadcast school. We don't have students there, but we do have some wrestling there. Yes, Paulie? It's Mayor Jerry the Hammer Demings, <laughs> by the way. Um, 
let me see what they're saying. Central businesses are supposed to remain open during Florida's stay-at-home order, including those in healthcare, financial, energy, food, communications, and transportation sectors. According to a memo sent by the governor's office Thursday, recent additions to the list of essential services in the state include employees at a professional sports and media production with a national audience here. Wow. Um... Somebody told ESPN on Monday that uh, the WWE is essential because they are critical to Florida's economy. UFC has suspended all events, does not have a time frame for a return, although Dana White has made it clear he wants to resume as uh, soon as possible. I don't know how they get around this. Yeah, Todd. Essential business. That's kind of insulting these days that Florida depends on the WWE. A scripted fake sport is going to save the economy of Florida. They have to wrestle. (laughs) Well, entertainment to different people is is important. Like we're a show that's uh, allowed to be on air for that similar reasons. I know we're different. But this is the state of Florida right now. They, they must have the WWE take place or else the something horrible is going to happen to the state of Florida's economy. That's what we're supposed to believe. But would you be able to do this in other places? Why Why just Florida? If you're the WWE, aren't you scouting out where else you can do this? I, I, I can't imagine how that would be a priority in any of the states of our union, that the wrestling must go on. We all want to see sports, real or fake. We all want to have a, a morale boost and whatever other excuses they're giving. But economically, that has to happen or else Florida's going to be in dire straits. I'm not buying that. Coming up, John Hamm and Russell Wilson. Of course, you would come to expect both of those joining us in the final hour. More phone calls as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Seton, Paulie, Fritz, and McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show.